I, I should also mention people that start the trail end up making friends on the trail that they keep for uh, for a lifetime. I met one woman who's doing the trail and she talked about her mother having make friends on the trail that they're still connected to after 20 or 30 years and they still get together. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Christian Ultra Podcast. I'm Christian. And so today's guest, you just heard a little preview, is Harvey Lewis II. His Appalachian Trail name is Junior. And I actually interview Harvey's son, Harvey Sweetland Lewis III, back in episode six. So if you want to go back and listen to that, that's a pretty cool show too. Today I've asked Harvey to come onto the show because I wanted to find out about his role um, as main crew support for his son. Harvey Sweetland Lewis III, who went for an FKT attempt on the Appalachian Trail back in 2018 when I was out there crewing and pacing for Carol Sabe. So, Junior's coming on today to talk all about that. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And also, as ever, please, if you like the show, do subscribe and give me a five star rating. Enjoy, guys. And your trail name is Junior. Where does yep. what's the story with your trail name? Well, the Junior part, since my son is Harvey, also, I thought it'd be just really too confusing for people on the, in the trail, the sport people that would occasionally get with us to have two Harveys, because they wouldn't know who nobody would know who they're talking about. And I also found that if people are, you know. When I'm in a group and somebody says Harvey, then both of us respond to the name Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> so so it, it just, for confusion's sake, I, I, I adopted the nickname of Junior. And the, the other part about it, it, this was my son's show. You know, I was, I was just a support person there. And I really didn't want to be part of the, the story. So I thought, you know, I, I, Junior kind of fits where I am in this, this storyline. Um, yeah. It, Few people protested because I was the old guy on the on the, uh, <laughs> in the, in the on the show, <laughs> and but they said, "Well, you know, you, you know, that doesn't feel right calling you Junior." It did take long before Junior became my handle, and I was, you know, it was easy to respond for me for it to it. I, I felt pretty natural down down the road. So uh, uh, I'm going to call you Junior, and also uh, I guess Harvey, your son, had a trail name. And let's use trail names. Why not? What was um, Harvey's trail name? Well, well, you know, he really never settled on one. But the one he wanted to do was Newt, and um, nobody thought that really fit. Yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll call him Newt. How's that? All right, Newt. Okay, because Newt is like yeah, a, it's you know it's a little salamander. Yeah. It's, it's, it's another name for a salamander. There's the and there's on the trail. I don't know if you saw them, but there's these bright orange little I salamanders. Did. Yeah, and uh, they're they are cute, and uh, it just you know that struck his his fancy. Why don't you tell us how you got involved in this pretty epic, amazing adventure on the Appalachian Trail, and fill in the listeners on how how the idea originally started. <laughs> okay, well. The, well, as you got from Newt, his, he's, he's a long-distance runner. And um, he's, I, I would say he's nationally ranked in uh, 
in the USA, if there is such a thing as a long distance runner being ranked. But his specialty is 24 hour races. And, and uh, he's, he's got his, you know, he's at the time, I think he was 41. And he'd been running long distance races for 20 years. He'd been very successful to, for it. And over the course of time, he's actually gotten faster. His body has morphed into a long distance runner. His, uh, his legs have gotten stronger and his upper body has kind of ch changed. It's changed into a more slender uh, runner's build. So, which is quite amazing. You wouldn't think people would actually morph into a runner, but in his case, he did. Okay, fast forward. He had been really successful in some long distance runs. Uh, most notably is the race in California that they call it the Badwater Race, which he's been second several times and has been first once. Um, I think at the time, you know, we, he decided to do this, this race. He, we had the prior year been on the Appalachian Trail and a piece of, a piece of it in Pencil in, well, in Virginia was in a parks area and it, the trail was, uh, how can I say it? But it was a pretty trail and it, it was an easy running trail. And it, it got in his mind that, you know, I could run this Appalachian Trail. And, and uh, without doing a lot of, uh, of homework on it, he kind of, you know, that built in his, in his thinking that it'd be great to do. And he could actually, because he has his confidence of being a long distance runner, he thought he could beat the record. Uh, so being a school teacher, he has got a big window of opportunity during the summertime to, to spend what it takes is, you know, a month and a half if you're running the trail or even longer. So, so uh, the following year, after being out the Appalachian Trail, he was looking at doing this. He did have a problem, though, because he had commitment to a, to a manufacturer who supports him on um, marathon runs around the country. And uh, he had to negotiate an out for a particular run they wanted him to do. And uh, so we... So he didn't get the green light to, to make this run right up till uh, the uh, end of the school year. And, and the very, as soon as he could, after the, his school year was over, then we were headed for the Appalachian Trail. And I'm kind of running this pretty fast, so to give you a thumbnail sketch of what, what led up to it. But we did not have a lot of pre-planning. I didn't know till two weeks ahead of time this was a go. So I kept asking, is it a go? No, I don't know, Dad. I don't know. Is it a go? I don't know. <laughs> so, so two weeks ahead, it's a go. And then, and then uh, anyway, that's, that's the, the lead up to, to where we where yeah. committed to the Appalachian Trail. And were you – so, okay, so Newt was thinking of a supported – attempt on the Appalachian Trail and that means that he needs the support so were you aware that you would be that support that crew person okay okay so so he was looking for volunteers to support him on the trail and it's 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 six weeks on the trail a very minimum of six weeks in seven in our case um so, you know, most everybody in the running world actually does work to work for a living. You do not make, 
enough money running long distance like you make no money running long distance that supports a, a, a trail you know being a runner um so he asked for volunteers and, and people were really generous and volunteered to come and help him for for you know days or even weeks at a time but there was nobody could be there for the whole entire time so he asked me and he was actually when he asked me he was thinking about a couple of weeks and i thought about it and and you know, I've been living in a central part of the USA for uh, 30 plus years. But there, in my earlier life, I was I lived in Pennsylvania, and I've been in West, lived in, worked in West Virginia and Virginia, and this is part of the country I really liked. So I thought, you know, and it it was a venture. It would be a great adventure for me. I was looking at my interest in doing it. That well, if he's running, I could be doing other things that'll be fun for me to do in this country. Um, not really understanding what exactly being a trail support person does. So, so I said, came back and I said, well, you need continuity on, on the trail. You need somebody that you can always count on to be there at the trailhead and not depending on somebody driving from a state away, finding you, getting the van and driving it to the next place. You know, it, it, it wasn't feasible to support, you know, for his support to, try to support them the whole distance. And since we're trying to, to make a record, there was no op, you know, there was no chance to take a couple of days off for whatever reason because of the misconnections. Um, so I said, okay, you know, I'll, I'll be glad to drive the van. And he said, yeah, Dad, we'll, every night we'll just stop and we'll go to stay at a hotel or a motel. That was a lie. <laughs> um, as it turns out, uh, I think we did get to to motel maybe twice during the, yeah. the 48 days. Um, anyway, I, I'm getting ahead of the story. No, 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 so no, that answers the question that you, so how long was it before, before you actually committed and said, okay, yeah, I'll do the full, you know, six weeks. Well, you know, I, I'm sure I committed when he said, you know, when he said he was going to do it, I said, okay, you know, I'm good for six weeks. And he said, oh, great. That's great. <laughs> In the meantime, he's doing some research, but he's not telling me what he's finding about his research until we're actually in the van headed for, <laughs> for Georgia. <laughs> yeah. is, is, uh, so, so you start learning about what this entails on the way to the start line. <laughs> that, that's no. actually true. I have to admit. And I, yeah. and, uh, I don't know if he, <laughs> I, I really didn't think that it would be quite what it turned out to be. And um, the trail, the trail is, is a trail that's been used for, in some sections for, you know, 67 years. And there's erosion on the trail for, in most places. So, so what you're, you're, you're walking on or, or, it what mouse is to a rock bed and it's not a improved rock bed it's just simply a rock bed nobody improves the trail or you're walking on on tree roots so there's it's not physically possible to run in, in, on a trail like this so what yeah. you actually do you're, you're just kind of picking your your way as fast as you can go in our view it's really you know anyway but that's so that that was the nature of the trail and um, so there, so to, to to make the mileage he needed to make, he had to be on the trail virtually all all day long. Yeah. And even just you know, it's, 
as long as he could physically be on the trails. So his speed slowed down, so his hours had to increase. So that so then that that meant that that you know my sport time you know I, <laughs> I was I really had not I it amounted to I was I was supporting him about every seven miles that was an average a sport time so yeah and and I was told early on by there people who came help he says you want to stay close to him yeah and in our system of of doing it Harvey told me if if I wasn't there at the signed crossing, our planned crossing, where I'd meet him, he yeah. would just keep going because he could not afford to wait for me. And in, 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 with that in mind, I really had very little time to drive off the trail to, to get supplies. Um, can, can, I get a, can I ask a question about kind of, so what a typical day looks like, um, including wake up time, what would the wake up time involve? Would that mean that you had to kind of prepare a breakfast or would Harvey just leave and you'd wake up later? And then how many times you'd meet him throughout the day? And then what would the evening look like? Like t talk us through kind of a typical day on the trail. Sure, sure. He, he slept in the van. We had the van set, set up so he could sleep in and there was, there was food in there and he would snack during the nighttime or even going to bed or when you wake up, but he would snack, but he would be up at five thirty, just crack of dawn, yeah. and um, and I would set at my tent adjacent to the van, and I would hear him when he got up, um, so I would get up immediately also. So I was up when he was leaving, leaving it on the trail, and he would he would not eat breakfast first thing. He would put some supplies in, maybe some power balls, power bars rather, and. Yeah and some fluids would be off on the trail. And then for the first, first section, we'd, we'd look, try to get out 10 miles maybe. So it gave me some time to, because it took me time to, to break the, down the, the camp. I had, I had this six man tent, I don't know. It, turned, it was a horrible tent to bring it turns out. I thought we'd need it because we had so many people joining us. Turned out we really did need a six man tent every night. And, uh, and then, uh, um, and initially I had an extra cot I would put in my tent. Well, after a while I recognized it wasn't worth the effort to put a cot in. So I slept on the, slept on an air mattress. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, so anyway. The, and, and, and just, just, on, I'll now and again, just jump in to ask a question. Sure. And how, how long was it before say Harvey or, um, I'm, I'm, I'm naturally calling him Harvey now because you called him Harvey. It's your fault. <laughs> Newt. <laughs> how long was it before? Let's go back to Newt. Yeah. So from 5.30, how long was it before Newt was moving forward on the trail? Well, he would be up. He'd be gone by six, if not earlier. 30 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, All right. 30 minutes. You know, even as you know, he did not waste any time in the morning. He'd be, as soon as he could get up, maybe brush his teeth. Um, Pack his bag. He was headed out down the trail. So, you know, okay. Yeah, I guess. And then, then I, then I would, I would actually eat for some breakfast then, or or not. Didn't it depend. Normally, I would just pack up and I'd be looking to go to the next site. Um, and I, I averaged about seven different connections with him during the course of the day. Will okay. it be over? Um. I think it was about seven and, and uh, 
we're looking about oh maybe average around six to seven miles between connection points yeah um so so let's what so what does it look like when you get there and harvey you're waiting for harvey do you have to prepare things or what was your job or role then once you were at the next point well the first the first stop in the morning i would i would try to make some breakfast up and which would the only thing that i could do as far as cooking was boil water that was my limitations for cooking um i would oatmeal was my favorite so so instant oatmeal and then whatever else we might have in the way of fresh food i put on the table some tea possibly or you might have hot water so we can make tea and i'd have it we had a little camp table and a couple little camp stools so when he came in he could he could pop down on the on the stool and he yeah. could you know eat um and and oftentimes you know particularly in her, you know he'd want to change shoes or change socks because you know the trail was wet or he's um but anyway that that was part of the routine so there was we we, we i provided him whatever he needed in the way of food and then yeah. uh he, he'd resupply for the next go go the idea was not to spend any time any more time as necessary in okay. the uh, at the campsite i mean there was no rest time particularly it was just in and out there there was a a diversion in so much that people would come along hikers would come along and they would see this van and this table set up in a couple chairs and and as you know Kristen, that people that hike the trail are always hungry and they're thirsty there's always <laughs> a, and then there you have trail angels so they're saying thinking to themselves this guy's got to be a trail angel or they've they heard the, the scuttlebutt that, that there's a man running the trail for record time so they would be interested and of course i was interested too in, in these young people that, that mm. joined me or in older people for that matter and we would and i would invite them to sit down with me and and wait for harvey and and i dare, dare say most everybody did do that they said wait and then when harvey came in they'd, they'd have a you know they'd have a conversation and, and it was fun that, for them it was fun for harvey that fun that sounds too. yeah that sounds so interesting to just be able to just meet you know strangers and and share your story and they obviously likewise would share their story back with you what a what an adventure and what a privilege to be able to do that 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 sounds really inspiring actually yeah yeah one of the as you if you're if you're doing the trail and if i can add a add lip a little bit here sure people do the trail you know you're looking at a four month or a six month endeavor to do the whole tip trail and and people do it for a reason and and sometimes the reason is they're coming off a messy divorce they want to restart their life or they're in a job that they hate or they they want to you know they're, they're at a place in life they they want to do something that build you know they've been beat down by you know the economy you know um they've lost a job maybe because of of whatever you know our 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 economic system is such we have winners and losers and and a lot of times that happens you can be on the losing side and no fault of your own it's just the way the system's set up so when that happens you need to regroup and and refine 
the energy in 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 self esteem that will carry you on to the next stage of your life. And that's I found people like that on the trail very often, and I could relate with them because that that happened to me in my forties that I ended up going off to the Rocky Mountains and and doing much with the same thing that people in the on the trail were doing. And there's there's part of the trail if you start the trail and you climb a mountain you build a little bit of self-esteem. You climb another mountain, you build self-esteem. You go on for a couple of weeks and you're doing this every week, you really start building your self-esteem. In the same time, you're, you're on a trail where there, there is, a, in my appreciation, there is no social ranking. Everybody on the trail has a tent, they're carrying a backpack, water and food. And, and you know, there's no social st- strata there. You know, yeah, you're carrying the very minimum that you have to carry, and you also probably you haven't showered for a couple of days. And so there's <laughs> there's a um, there's a beauty about the trail. It's it's a great place to build self esteem. You're not beat down by by somebody else being better than you, for, for example. And then the the other part about it is the people that are adjacent to the trail are for the most part really supportive. So one of the few places in the, I think, in the country, if you hitchhike, if you're a hiker, you can hitchhike, go out on the road and hitchhike, and people, local people, will pick you up and take you to local town. And they'll, and, and my sense is that they recognize that hikers are kind of like the old world people that are doing pilgrimages from yeah. wherever to wherever, which you have quite a bit in Europe. We don't have, but we don't have in this country. So it's a, it's a case where they recognize pe- these people are on a spiritual journey yeah. and they're supportive. I don't think anybody says, oh, how's your spiritual journey going? But, but there's a recognition that, that, that this is an important place in, in their lives and they want to be supportive. Uh, and I so so actually, let, let me actually just go back a little bit. You mentioned that you yourself did a... Um, a hike or some adventure in the Rockies. Do you want to do you want to talk about that a little bit? That sounds really interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, You're, you said you were in your forties. Yes, I was in my forties. I was I was between a job and also uh, and been, had been divorced, and I was, I really had to say, well, now life is not going the way I want. I've got to reconsider what I what I where I need to go in life. In in I, I could formulate that that answer right now. At the time, I really had no idea what I was doing. But I went out to um, Wyoming. I think most everybody in England knows where Wyoming is. And first time in my life, I started walking up the mountains, climbing them uh, with a backpack and a, and a tent. And I would go for five days or so, as, as carrying as much food as I could. And when I ran out of food, I had to come down. And I, it was a glorious experience. Uh, first time in my life I had, had been in the Rocky Mountains. And, and one of the things about the Rockies, unlike the Appalachian Trail, is humidity is much lower. Yeah. And you don't you don't sweat as much, and and you can jump in the streams if you're walking along a stream. But it, but the hiking is easier in in the uh, in the uh, Rocky Mountains, I think in terms of just uh, feeling good and, and uh, 
some great vistas in the Appalachians. You've you 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 got trees around you all the time. You don't have any great vistas or very seldom yeah. any vistas. Yeah, it, it is known as the uh, green tunnel, isn't it? And and so when you came away from your um, backpacking adventure, did you feel this sense of um, you know this uh, new appreciation for self-esteem and and a sense of maybe purpose or direction? Um, for me, yes, very much so. In fact, at the very end of my trail, I walked by myself, except for the last last couple of days. I was in the in the Grand Canyon, and I was hiking out of the um, up they call Bright Bright Can Angel Canyon. It's just one of the most beautiful spots in the West. And I met a, a, a two women on the trail friends who were sitting on the side of the trail laughing. And I thought to myself, it would be fun to walk with people for a change and by myself. So I ended up walking with, with both of them. One walked faster and she and I would walk ahead and, and then wait for the other one to, to uh, catch up. Uh, the woman I walked with, was her name was Diane. Yeah. And I lived in St. Paul, Minnesota. I visited her on the way back west, or back east rather. And uh, I married her six months later. There you go. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's amazing. <laughs> if, you, if you want to find the right woman, go to the place that you love the most. And if she's there, you, <laughs> that, you chances are that will be the right person for you. Uh, wow. Yeah. So you, you, so you met your, uh, you met, you met your, and, and you said you'd been through a divorce. Um, things weren't great. And then you, you know, you meet someone who you fall in love with and you get married and wow. So the beginning again of a new chapter. That's true. 33 years of marriage and it's just going great. Um, I've been, I was really fortunate. I, I don't think that happens to all hikers, <laughs> but, but um, what, what actually does happen though is, is when you're, you've been on the trail that well, opportunities that come that you normally wouldn't even recognize coming to you you say hey you know you stop and think about it a little bit and you, you you take advantage of the opportunity i think that that being on that for me being on that quest gave me a chance to stop and think what was important in my life and and regroup and again build that self-esteem back up that where i i was able to you know pursue a new dream with mm -hmm. energy so I've heard people say that there's more miles on the Appalachian Trail than we have problems. I think. So, <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. But by the time you get to the end, if you make it, because actually 75% of through hikers do not make it, do they? So only 25% make it. And, and um, Harvey was one of those, and you helped him with that um, to, to be, I've got a website and he's listed on here as like the ninth ever fastest, um, uh, you know, person to complete the trail. Yeah. And so, so let's go back over to um, the people that you were meeting. Was there anyone in particular who stood out to you? Um, maybe who inspired you or had a funny story or was unique in some kind of way? I know they were all, everyone is unique in every way, but can you tell a story about someone who sat down with you at the table that waiting for her, for Newt? Um, 
you know, I'm thinking about the story, personal stories. Um, I, I'll give you an example when I talk about bad divorces. There's a gentleman that's, that sat down with me and his name was, uh, his trail name was, I think it was Bourbon Jim. Okay. Well, <laughs> Bourbon Jim had been a school teacher and, and uh, he, he came through a message divorce. And he lived in, in Georgia and, and he, he was ended up the trail about the same time we were in, uh, in June. And, and he, 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 he had no plans outside to do the trail. And he says, I have no money, but I get to, I get to Maine, I'm going to find a job. So his, his only objective was to do the trail and to get to Maine. And then life would unfold beyond that. And I, I thought, you know, and I thought that really is, uh, uh, the trail offers him a lifeline. It was my thought at the time. And yeah. he had confidence about the future. If he could did the trail, he could do anything. You know, he'd have to worry about the future. Um, and I suspect that, that it's worked out well for him. But um, uh, the one story yeah. I, was, I, was, I did, had thought about, and I had, which your, your listeners might find interesting, is a story on the trail with, we had, we had these young runners who would come and join us. I say young, much younger, obviously me, but they're in the 30s, maybe, or 40s. And they're, and they're trail runners or, or marathon runners. And this one, one time we were, the trail was taking us along um, between, between the borders of Tennessee and North Carolina, I guess. Yeah. You know, Tennessee and North Carolina. And, and it was just a, a ridge, mountain ridge, and there was a 35 mile length of segment that, ha- that Harvey had to go, go up the mountain. And then first place I could meet him was at the top of the mountain. Well, drove to the top of the mountain and the plan was we would send one of the runners that were with us, one of the runners would go back and meet him and resupply him, whatever he might need. Yeah. We got up there to the top and it's getting later in the day and it, and it was gonna be a long day. And as we're at the top of the mountain, this huge black bear wanders into the, the parking lot. It's just the biggest black bear I've ever seen in my life. And, <laughs> and of course, everybody's excited and uh, it's got a lot of people looking at him and he got close to, to one person and he decided to hightail it down the hill. Um, but there was also then the scuttlebutt where there was other bears on the mountain, uh, around the mountain. So our runners took off, went down the trail to find Harvey. And they came back about an hour later and they said, we can't find a trail. Well, they're, they're, people are not used to being in the mountains. They, they, they came in shorts. They didn't realize that you really need to wear jeans and the high altitude. It was about 5,000 feet. It was you know, getting cold. It was cold. It was rainy. Um, so, so I, I you know, I, walked the, the, the Rockies, I'm not worried about bears particularly, and I've, I've been in the woods enough, so I'll, I'll, lead, I'll show you where the trail is. So I started down there, and, it, and it's getting very much towards dusk, and, um, and as and, and the, the, the runner is going to meet Harvey, he's ahead of me, maybe, you know, 
you know, I could still see them, but it, but it just the trails, as you as you mentioned, it's a, it's a canopy of green, and it's got, and it, it was getting towards evening, and he yells, we're out of, down the trail quite a ways, and he yells bear, and he starts running back right by me. <laughs> <laughs> so, last thing you want to do is run <laughs> from a bear, you know, because you're just encouraged to run after you. So I'm yeah. I'm uh, I'm you know, sitting there. So I get my arms up and I'm going to make as big, be as big as I can. And I ready and I get prepared to scream and I see this black and I just scream as loud as I can. And, and, and just then a black Labrador retriever runs by me. <laughs> just black. Same color as a bear, but just black. And I thought to myself, <laughs> but talk about exciting moment. Um, needless to say, the runner was a little bit sleepy about it running by me, but, but, uh, but yeah, it, it that's was, it was fun. Uh, that you, you got these people coming out to help, and uh, yeah, they may have never been in the mountains before, so they see a Labrador and they're like, Oh, it's a bear, they're <laughs> running away. It, it makes it all more fun because it's a great adventure for everyone, I think. Um, yeah. Well, so, so, okay, we got as far as, so you start, you wake up in the day, Harvey or Newt's gone within 30 minutes. He's, he's had a light snack or something. Then you're preparing a breakfast on the first meetup. So you're meeting like several times throughout the day. And then what would the nighttime look like? Would you go and talk about that? Cause you, I, I kind of probably asked you loads of questions about other stuff to t- tell me about the night, you know, uh, time of, of the day. Okay, we we were we would be pushing right up to to um, dark in uh, in the summertime. It it gets dark, you know. At this time in the year, we're in June, we're the longest days of the year. It's get, getting dark um, as late as nine o'clock. Yeah, uh, Harvey was could go at nighttime, evening time, and if it's, and sometimes he would go into the evening. In our break places. You know, like I mentioned we could, we're meeting about roughly every five or ten miles, but it, a break spot would, would not necessarily be a natural spot to break. And we might be a little bit too long to to break right at nine o'clock, or it might be too um, or too short because we're we're be stopping at eight o'clock. So the, there was always a question of where we would end up capping for the day. Or normally there would be. So I would never know until he got to camp the last last time whether we're going to mm. stay that at this location or not. So he get in, and you know, I, I mentioned having a six man tent. I had frequently had to set that six man tent up in the dark by myself because Harvey, you know, had to eat and he had to he'd prepare for bed. And, yeah. and the idea was to get him in bed as quick as possible. So I was out there in the middle of the night trying to compare the, uh, set up the tent. Most of the time we were sleeping, I was, we, we were sleeping in a, a camp, in a uh, roadside parking lot adjacent yeah. to the trail. Yeah. That was, that was the principal spot. Interestingly enough, over the course of the, the whole time, the 40 plus days that we were on the trail, nobody bothered us. We would, you know, camp there and, and frequently, there might be a sign that says no camping here, but we <laughs> don't bother to see if we did camp. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I guess that's, I, I, I think that's one of the things if you're going for a record and, you know, I suppose the, 
the best scenario is to sleep next to the trail so that when uh, Newt wakes up in the morning, he can just go, I guess. That's, yeah. That's the idea. Particularly yeah. Because of, of the, the amount of hours you have to do. I mean, if it was a running, just running, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be an issue, but because you have to spend all these hours and there's only, you only connected certain places. Um, yeah. Now, if he could sleep on the trail, which would have been the more optimum <laughs> arrangement, that would have that would have helped him as far as doing the doing the uh, you know the record. Yeah, making yeah. the record. Yeah, um, that was that was a kind of a hang up for for uh, Newt. He he really he didn't sleep well. Uh, on the he trail. did or he did or he, he did, did not. not. He did not oh. sleep well on the trail. Okay. He, we tried it. We tried it on a couple occasions. Yeah. And uh, he, he, you know, his numbers really fell off the next day because he didn't get a good night's sleep. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's one of those people that needs a good night's sleep to to, to bounce back. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, what were? How, how did? The, so, what did you do? Um, I guess was it. Did someone hike in and set up a tent or was he in one of those shelter things with an air mat? How did it um, work out for those nights he slept on the trail? Okay. Well, I, th I can remember three distinct ones. Um, one, he slept in a shelter and um, that uh, it, it just, it wasn't comfortable for him apparently, you know, sleeping in a shelter. He didn't have an air mattress. He had a, you know, a pad, but, but it really wasn't a very comfortable sleeping. I, you know, that, that, that was one. Um, yeah. The, uh, I had a hammock, which I, I slept in on occasion, but he, he, I don't think he did too well in a hammock. If you're not used to sleeping in a hammock, it's, it's a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't like hammocks either. It's just, you're in the shape of this banana, right? I don't like it, but but some people do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, and you really are con contained in a hammock. You, I mean, if you roll, try to roll over, it's a major issue. Okay, that's that was second one. Yeah. What was the third one? Maybe there was only two. Okay, so you guys tried that, and it just didn't. Like you say, his miles dropped off the the next day. So then, so so actually, let's talk about the van. Actually, you're saying he Harvey slept in the van and you slept outside. That's pretty amazing. That you know, like I'm I'm really impressed with the fact that you were cool with sleeping outside. And I mean, for, first of all, actually, should we tell the listeners like what your age is? Because I don't think we mentioned that to begin with. Oh, certainly, at the time I was 78. Um, sleeping outside in, in a, a couple of things about sleeping outside. First off, I really I felt healthy the whole whole trip. I didn't have a cold or sniffles or anything. Sleeping outside was just great in terms of health issues. Um, yeah. We go. I also every year go to to the BWCA. In fact, we're going to be going this coming weekend. What's New, the BWDA? Okay. That, um, Boundary Waters Canoe Area. Oh, okay. It's, it's a park, basically a park system that's set up just just south of Canada, and it's has a lot of glaciated lakes. So not a glaciated, but a third of the land, 
of the areas in the glaciated lakes and you can portage between the lakes so we take we take a canoe and we portage between the lakes and we do um, different type of routes or routes yeah. rather yeah it's, it's really pretty um it's 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 venturous the weather can be all over the place you could just have beautiful sunshiny days you could go swimming and the water is so clear you can drink out of the lakes honest you, you go out in the middle of the lake you can drink right out of the lake and with the best some of the cleanest water in the in the world so up mm. there um it, it's obviously a real attraction for me and there's a um for, it's uh it's it's wilderness and and it's it's designed to, to be wilderness when you camp at night there's not anybody within normally with the eyesight or ear or you can hear you know the, the campsites are set so it, they're very private and oftentimes you'll have you'll be on a lake that's just you're the only one on the lake so yeah. if you um um and it's my one chance in in uh, a year to really get into the wilderness and it yeah and i dare say most anybody listening to your podcast in it today would just love it too i mean it's it's it comes it's just a, a, a complete change of our normal scenery but it's a kind of a change that it just brings you back to your basics your your whole your senses become alive you start paying attention to the sky because you know the weather is affects you you know in a way it doesn't do in your normal life you will yeah. also you notice movements in the in the woods and you you pick out for example this area has wolf packs running in it you know wow. you hear the wolf packs at night at, yeah. at times and then uh, also uh just the, the wildlife is uh, um we we have birds called loons i think you probably have loons in england too don't oh, they're, uh, I, they're, I uh, yeah, I experienced them in Maine last year. The loon is a mythical yeah, creature. The noise is pretty um, something else. Yeah, it's like a bird, <laughs> isn't it? A water bird type of thing. Yeah, it is. It's a water bird, and it's it's a um, deep diving bird. It can only really exist in in water that it can dive, and it's a it's a fisher it gets fishes, and it's a very very primitive type of a duck. And it, it can hard, it can't really even um, walk. It it kind of pushes itself along with from a, with on its chest. Um, and I've got some great stories about loons, but but it, they're uh, they're just a they're a fun bird, and they're oftentimes interested in in the paddlers. They'll come over and they'll join you for a while, and swim with you, and dive down and see if you can you're scaring any fish out that they might catch. Um, and smart. It's just a bright, smart bird. So when you went to go and camp on the Appalachian Trail, this is nothing new for you. You know, you've got experience. You've, in fact, you've camped in more will, remote places before you even got to the trail. Um, so you, you were already familiar with this, I guess. Um, how long have you been into camping and, you know, going out into nature for? Okay, well, I think that's an early, early... Uh, child I was always interested in the outdoors and fishing and, and um, but as far as camping though I really didn't get into that until I was in my 40s when I went mm -hmm. to the Rocky Mountains yeah 
campaign is well you, intending it, it you know it, it's just easy I, I think people are afraid being there's something about having a wall around them that that is reassuring but quite frankly uh our ancestors <laughs> don't have to go back too far we lived in, in tents or something similar to tents and and uh they survived really very well and um yeah i i can't remember who said i think I, they said a, a house is uh, a coffin for the living yeah i can't remember but uh you know i i love camping i love being outside in fact i sleep outside uh in my tent most nights myself um you know just because i like it i the air is cleaner uh well cleaner it's 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 fresh air it's really nice where, so where is it you go where is the i'm looking at the map now is it actually on the border is it that big lake superior or or is it somewhere okay. near there yeah if you if you go up and you just follow the border back there's a lake called for us a big lake um we'll be going to lakes seagull to the end of the uh from the minnesota from the minnesota side we go up a road called the gunflood trail and mm. and and it just basically goes to the very end of that trail and then we're, we'll be into a um seagull and um and then we're into a big t t tour and, and part of our tour will actually we'll be back we'll be going right along the canadian u.s border mm -hmm. there's a there's a string of the border actually was set up on the basis that this was a trade route for the yeah the fur trappers that were going okay. to the west yeah. and uh, the idea is having the border right on the trade route is that it would be available to, to either canadians or americans to use this as a travel way it, it was made you know we weren't too conscious about border lines back then but and it's still you know, you can walk that border and go back and forth, and there is nobody there to tell you, you cannot do that. It's yeah. uh, no fences. Um, it's a completely open uh, so, border. So um, I, I hope um, uh, Newt listens to this podcast and he finds out that he was no good sleeping on the trail, but you've been doing this stuff for 40 years. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Um, let's go back to the the record attempt uh one of the things you very um kindly sent me a bunch of stuff which you had experience with one of the things you've listed here is injuries to runner so how did you deal with um that situation and yeah go and talk about that okay um i mentioned how the rocky the trail is and yeah. that you cannot run but if you if you're making Try to make a record time. You've got to move swiftly, so that means that you're 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 pushing it to the place where, in Harvey's case, or Newt's case, he was actually he was tripping and falling. He he claims that he he fell about a hundred times over the course of the course of the uh, of the forty eight days, and yeah. and you know he, he's agile, so when he runs, he would catch himself with with one major exception on the first injury that i that i recall he he twisted his ankle and it, his ankle swelled up and it was bothering him and so he didn't make as much mileage for a couple of days in fact for maybe a week that we 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 you know the mileage was not as good you know what what i 
we lost mileage on on that with that injury, mm-hmm. but there was no stopping or no going. You know, there's outside of taping the the, the knee up, which which uh, was done. There was nothing really that could be. You know, we, we could stop and, and take a day off or two days off, but let the the ankle heal up. Um, RV had 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 a good friend who was a mas- massage therapist, and he came and visited us and uh, worked on that ankle and taped it up. And, I, and it, I'm sure that had a huge help on the, re, on the ankle recovering. But again, you know, it, it was just it's an injury he had to work through. That was the injury one that comes to mind. And injury two was in Pennsylvania. Um, and we had a fairly big group was running with him in this given day. It was a, was a, you know, a popular part of Pennsylvania. And I'm not too sure if he just was lost his concentration, but he tripped and he came down hard on his thigh, thigh muscle. And he was in really, you know, big pain on that. And he had a very hard time finishing the day out. I think we ended up, making maybe, you know, it was 10, 15 miles on that given day. Wow. And then the next, next day was also a, a, not a big mileage day. But again, you know, I thought, in fact, he was in such pain on that particular, from that particular fall, fall I wasn't sure that we'd have a next day. Yeah. I thought that might be the end of the, of the trip. Um, but it, he, remarkably, he came back from that. Mm. Um, only thing I can say is runners, because of their muscle tone and their and their ligaments and like are, are in such good shape just by, by they've been strengthened up to place that they recover quickly. They're, you know, there's, well, there's, they've got yeah. more blood running. You know, blood connections uh, are. Or what I'm not sure, but they're, they they seem to bounce back from that. Well, Harvey in Newt's case, he certainly bounced back remarkably well. Well, actually, actually, I got a, a question here. Um, so that's how he bounced back physically. And I've, like I said, so the guys listening to this podcast, go back to episode six and listen to actually me and Newt chat for an hour. But and and I, um, he comes across as a great um, positive person how did uh newt um respond to adversity whether it be an injury bad weather anything how what was did he ever get what 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 was his reaction in the face of adversity and how was your relationship um during these times of adversity with each other yeah i i've got i have to give huge credit on this as as tough as things were he never lost his cool. He mm-hmm. never raised his voice, yelled at people, or me, um, at any time. He and he was, no matter how you know beat up he was, he was always genuinely, you know, open and happy to to meet people, see people. He never yeah. he never wanted to crawl in a corner and cry. <laughs> he may want to do it, but he never never gave that impression to anybody that that. Uh, that uh, he was really down. The, 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 
doing the uh, reaching or breaking the record was his goal, you know. Yeah. And and I was there to support him as to the utmost to make it happen, but it, it was not a it was when you know, he, he, he I think we were oh at place and later in the trail he recognized he wasn't going to be able to break the record and he came to he said to me dad i'm just sorry i, I can't do it i'm not gonna be able to do it and uh, that was you know and i i recognized from very get get-go that that we had you know to, to break the record was going to be a major you know everything had to break for us and uh, the uh I was impressed though that you know he apologized. He was that he he had done it the very best, but he couldn't do it. Um, and I, and I have to admit, you know, I thought he had done much more than you know. I, I was just amazed how hard he worked at doing this. You know, every day up, run the, you know, run as hard as he could all day long, and get a night's sleep and up and do that the next day. And it 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 was physically beating. It was beating him up. You know. He was yeah. losing weight. Um, I think I don't. I don't know how much, but he was certainly down in weight. And uh, but he kept his, his spirits were always good. I think that's part of the why why the long distance runners are normally older people. Hmm. They, they got, there's there's that mental stamina that comes with being older, maybe, or yeah. maybe. A, just experience of you experience pain enough times you get immune to it. But, but there is, there's certainly a, it's, it's quite interesting. It's one, one of the athletic endeavors that older people do better as a rule than younger people. And, and so how did this, um, did this trip together change your relationship in any way? Um, in any, you know, did it bring you guys closer as father and son and, to have that kind of experience together? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, let, let me be as candid as I can be. When you're, at, when you're at my age, 78, you're just tickled when your, your children want to do something with you. Normally they, they want to <laughs> go do their thing and they're you're kind of a hindrance to do that. So I was tickled to participate. I was happy, quite happy to participate and I enjoyed you know Harvey's friends, and I enjoyed the the whole the whole story. People were people would come, and they would just be excited. And then, um, in on the trail itself, you know, you know, Harvey was a rock star, but because I was supporting him, I was a rock star too. And I've never been a rock star in my life, you know. <laughs> uh, and I think part of it is in the trail. Um, most people go to the trail, and they're they're away from their families, and their families are probably of the mind, what is our, you know, our son or our daughter doing out there on a trail? It's dangerous. They're going to, you know, die. They're, you know, all bad things. And they don't get a lot of uh, support from home. Whereas I'm out there and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pushing a van around to, to meet my son every so often so I can supply him with food. You know, you, you might, I don't know if Christian, if you mentioned it, but you're always hungry on the trail. You just can't carry enough food to keep you from not being hungry. So, yeah. you know, anyway. They were. I was a rock star for supporting Harvey. Um, it's, it's being close, yeah. It did, we did grow closer together, and, and I think that's. I th that's one thing. In the male world, 
you know, we grow to get closer when we do things together. It's, it's yeah. I think, very much part of the mill. Like a, like a bonding, you know? Yeah. Very, definitely yeah. so. So talk about Rockstar. You guys had a, um, and I really can't wait to watch this. Uh, you had a film uh, made about you um, or, and, and your, your journey. So maybe talk about that. Well, I, okay. I was told that the film crew would show up and we're going to do a filming. They're going to film the, the uh, Arby's attempt to do, break the, the, the uh, record on the Appalachian Trail. And I think, uh, you know, Harvey, they had a lot of confidence in him. They thought very much that he had a really good chance of doing it. Um, and, and my thought was, there's not a story to be told. <laughs> running, a running story. There, how do you make a story out of running 2,180 2, miles? And you know that people are going to watch watch for, for two, you know, two hours. Um, well, as it turned out, they they saw. They interviewed me early on into to the story, and and Harvey had explained some of what I had to do, and I said. I made just a, a sly comment. I said, well, the real story here is whether this old man's going to make it or not. <laughs> the real story. And, and the, but anyway, that, 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 that drove their, their imagination. But they thought, well, maybe there's more of a story about a father and son doing this trail together. And, and, that's, and that's what they did. Now, I, did, I never think there was a story to be had. So, I, I never played to the camera, you know, I never, you know, preened myself, comb my hair, <laughs> worried about my posture. Yeah. Um, I tried not to pick my nose, but, but, you know, as far as being, you know, I, so if it's going to be a documentary, it should, just should be a documentary about what's really happening. And I don't, I think it's a phony documentary if it's anything but what's actually happening. Um, and I don't think it's all that interesting to be all that interesting for people. Well, the, this was the first attempt by Rudy Harris to make a, a documentary, and he did a really great job. And, he, and he, what he actually did, though, is he looked, not only did the trail, but he also looked at the relationship between Harvey and I and, and what has, you know, where we are in our lives and, and how, we, how we, you know, um, how we end up doing this together. Yeah. And, in a, in a, in a, when I first saw it, I, I saw the story as being, oh my God, the whole world knows all my dirty linen. You know? <laughs> yeah. But I've seen the movie, I think, three times. And each time I, I like it better. Oh, that's, that's and, encouraging. And, yeah. I really, I really do like it better. And, uh, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a great story of father and son. Um, I was 37 when Harvey was born, and yeah, I thought of myself and, and everybody in the and men waiting in the waiting rooms at, at this hospital in Wheeling, West Virginia, were all in their early 20s if they were that. And I'm thinking, you know, somebody's making a mistake here. <laughs> it's not been a mistake. Having a, a son later in life has really been a blessing for me. It's kept me young, yeah, younger. I mean, just not physically younger, but mentally younger. And, 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 uh, 
and this is a great challenge. I, I mean, it's, it's a gift. It's a gift to be able to go with him for that, that trip. And uh, even if there was no movie made, it would have been just a, a great gift. And yeah, but I think maybe it has actually helped you stay um, uh, physically um, younger because, you know, you do, you do, you, you told me earlier before we came on air that you actually practice yoga. Um, so you're obviously aware of um, looking after yourself. And I don't know where your inspiration comes from, but, you know, to be able to go out and support your son, um, I think at any age and just to be in good health is what a privilege it, it was for you. And I think what a um, privilege it was for also Harvey, uh, your son as well, because yeah. And, and that was down to good health, I think. So well done. Really, yeah. really admirable. Yeah. We, we, we should uh, talk about Harvey's approach to good health. He, he's very, he's been a vegan for vegan uh, for hmm, 20 years. And he's yeah. he really believes in a vegetarian diet and now a vegan diet. And, and some of that has, has, you know, come into my way of thinking too. So at this point, I, I'm not a, a pure vegan, but, but uh, I, I also appreciate that a vegetarian diet is, is probably a healthier way to go. And uh, not to say I don't love a, love <laughs> meet on occasion but I, but for, for us for my wife and i right now we're, we're staying pretty much vegetarians um and then of course the exercise you know just that's just a must um, yeah I think, I think one of the the only really thing they say will keep you keep your mind from deterioration is exercise you know, most most anything else really is is not a proven um so, so what do you uh how do you keep yourself fit besides yoga and how often do you actually do yoga well the yoga the yoga since covid19 came in before covid19 i i had a gym and i would go three three days a week too and i'd swim you know mm -hmm. once or twice a week and uh to get on the treadmill for uh and do you know 40 minutes on the treadmill um but but uh, that's that had to disappear. So I've gone to yoga in the morning and lifting weights, and uh, and we do uh, uh, three. But on the average, two out of three days we'll walk three miles a day, and then uh, once a week I get on the bike and, and do a. Last last week we did twenty six miles, and I have to admit on the bike I'm, I'm the we're not I'm not the fastest guy on the on the trail, <laughs> and the trails are normally um railroad grades so yeah. there's a lot of grades involved but but i love biking biking's great out so is it more uh like mountain biking than road biking you do mm. like off-road no, I, 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 we have we have some this this may well be a secret in england but if you want to ever go biking you come to minnesota we have hundreds of miles of of bike trail which are paved trails and they're on on old railroad grades or, or not, but just, just, and they're beautifully maintained. Um, and not that much traffic, just wonderful biking trails. And, uh, and within actually my home here in Minnesota, I, I can be on a bike trail that'll take me, um, 20 miles. Yeah. Uh, just a block away. And it's a separate bike trail from the roads. So it just, 
and a lot of roads that has bridges across it. So it's just, we, we are just really blessed with uh, great bike trails. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've lived in London for quite a few years now. Um, each, I, I guess I'm a kind of a part-time Londoner because I like to leave. Uh, one time I went and lived in Ethiopia for six months. Um, another time I went to Italy, lived there for about four months. So um, I, I go on these adventures and stuff and leave. But yeah, I, since coming to America in 2018, like I said, I helped with Sabay, you know, Carol on his a record attempt on the 80 and I just I really have honestly fallen in love with America and so <laughs> um, I'd love to come and visit you know when I come over again and just say hi in person and um, um, you, you seem a really I, I think you know Harvey's a pretty chilled out laid back very friendly nice person and you seem exactly the same so Love to come and meet you guys. Uh, is Harvey? You guys live close together in the same state, or is he in a different state? We're, we're seven hundred miles apart. He lives in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Christian, come stay with us. We can yeah. bike. If you got a week, we'll go up to the Boundary Waters. You know, yeah, parents yeah. live Kenny now up in the on a, where the water's so pristine. You can drink out of and uh, I'm, listen I'm to so wolves. I'm sold. You'll, I'm going to be there. I'm not joking. Uh, I'll be over there <laughs> for sure. Um, let's just have a look at this list here, which you sent me, which I, I tell you what, it's so prepared. <laughs> I think we've, we all, there's a couple of things. Um, and believe it or not, we've done well over an hour here already. Uh, but let's just uh, randomly uh, hit on a couple of things. So you put down here trail angels. Did you, was that referring to people thinking you were a trail angel or did so, you meet uh, others? Okay, trail angels. I don't know if you ran into trail angels, but I, I did quite a few. Um, one, of the, one of the trail angels I should mention is Iceman. Ice, and let me back up a little bit. Trail angels yeah. are, are, are people that have actually done the trail. And when they're on the trail, and I mentioned that you're, you're always hungry, you're thirsty, and 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 there's there's a culture that is generated on the trail that that people can relate to the fact that i mentioned there's there's not a social class but everybody's on a trail struggling to to complete the, the trail and, yeah everyone's and, equal yeah yeah everyone's equal and and normally the people are are, are eager for conversations and talking about substance issues and they're they're not you know, they're not put, they're not, there's no pretense, or if there is, it's a rare commodity. They're, they're really just great people to meet on trail. So the trail angels, to, to re, I think they, 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 one is they know the people on trail need, will greatly appreciate a, a cold pop, for example, or a piece of watermelon, or a, or a you know, a, a power bar of some sort. So they go out on the trail and they just set up on the trail and they set up, they put out what they have for, for you. And, and if you come off the trail, they say, here it is. And they don't want any money for it. They just say, and then oftentimes you'll, you know, sit down and, and join them for a few, for a few minutes or half an hour, whatever. But the trail angels do it because they know what it's like to be on the trail. And, they, and somebody did it for them once before. Um, it just, I thought it was a great tradition. I, I should also mention people that start the trail end up making friends on the trail that they keep for, for 
uh, for a lifetime. I met one woman who was doing the trail and she talked about her mother having med, make friends on the trail that they're still connected to after, you know, after 20 or 30 years and they still get together. So it's, it's, it's a place where it's, it's a natural coming together location. Um, yeah. The, the, the name, um, so I think they say Tramley. You know, when you meet friends on the trail and you start hiking with them, they're your family. So instead of family, they put the, yeah, take, yeah, yeah, take the F off and put T on and it becomes tramley. So, I've not heard that, but it fits. Tramley. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how about this ice man? What, what was his, did he like cook some cooking food? For, was he a proper trail angel? He was, he was really a great trail angel. He would do exactly what you know he, he was i remember his specialty was was ice and, and cold pops <laughs> yeah but he, he he joined us uh on quite a few days actually and and on on a, a, and going through he was we met him in pennsylvania going through pennsylvania he actually assisted me one one time in uh in meeting harvey he met harvey with his bicycle he came back on his bicycle in a location to supply him where where i could not Reach reach location on a, with my van, yeah. and he was glad enough to do that. Just just uh, yeah. he's an older gentleman in his sixties. Yeah. I think a lot of the well, I don't know if there's a a uh, the, 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 there's most most of the uh, people on the trail agents were mature individuals, but mm. uh, it, they were all over the board. Uh, terms of ages i would think yeah how about the let's have a look here this the people who live along the trail you you mentioned that um yeah, yeah. just briefly but um it, it, what what i found is the people along the trail were really we're also you know people live on trail oftentimes the trail angels they would really bring food and give give food to the uh to look to locale but we're looking at we're looking at a very rural part of minnesota i mean i'm sorry in minnesota but uh appalachia mountain areas mm -hmm. um in in uh being rural people are, are speak more plainly i'll put it that that way mm. and they're and they're not they're not given to being suspicious per se you know they're they're, they're they're really open and they're they're and oftentimes quite helpful i had occasion where my gps mal malform or, or misform mis mm. you know, I'm, I'm struggling on this word but but i had a problem with it and i ended up going up this was down in uh, North Carolina, I ended up going up a hollow where, away from where the trail was until I got to the end of the, and my, my GPS kept saying, this is the way to get to, to where, to uh, my destination. And like a fool, I was following the GPS, but recognizing this doesn't look right. And I got to the end of the trail and I, I stopped because the trail actually ended, I just couldn't go any further on the trail, on the road, just disappeared. And I'm sitting there thinking, no, you know, just you know, what's my next step? And I wasn't there a half a minute. Somebody pulls up alongside me in a 
in a, a four-wheeler ATV kind of vehicle. He says, yeah. you know where you are? And I said, no, I'm lost. He says, back on down to the, the house on the right, and, and we'll get you in the right direction. And sure enough, back down down the, the, the trail, and this is back in the hollows, and we're really at the end of the trail. Where you, all the, That's where the bad things always happen in the videos or in the yeah. movies. These people yeah. not only not only told me where I had to go, they even drew me a, you know, wrote the instructions on a piece of paper. Now, how many often that does that happen to you? Well, that's the kind of people you have in yeah. Appalachia. They're, they're just really generally helpful and they're wonderful people. You know, when you were navigating, um, what did you use? Cause when, so, okay. So I, I went for, I helped, the, I helped with uh, Sabay by pacing with him for a bit. Then I had an, a go at the attempt record myself last year, which didn't work out. And I'm going to have a, a go next year. And my uh, crew chief um, will be my mother, gun section. So she used a, a, a collection of things. What did you use to navigate on the trail, um, the roads? And, and especially when you came out of service, how did you manage in those situations? Okay. I, I had a Garmin. And then if I had the coordinates for the uh, location of the next crossing, and there, um, I would put the coordinates in my Garmin, and Garmin would, you know, come up with a roadmap to get going to it. That, that turned out to be okay, but not perfect, because the Garmin would malfunction, or it went... Um, whether it be my fault or the garments, I'm not sure at times. Hmm. Um, but then I, I had fallbacks too. I certainly, my, my instincts, for example, can't help me quite a few times where I, on it. Um, I did not have a, a broad map showing me, you know, initially showing me exactly all the roads in the area. So the garment would, would, would have, give me a map, or a route, but the route wouldn't necessarily be the, the best route but I ended up using it anyway because I didn't have anything better. I ended I end up having a, a strip map that gave me cord, coordinates of, of the, no, not even a strip map, but it wasn't even, I guess a, there, there is a public, and you've probably seen it, there's a published um, trail map hmm. of the whole Appalachian Trail that gives you coordinates of these, each crossing and also the name of the road that you're crossing on. Oh, okay. um, is it, is that digital? Is that digital or on paper? On paper. Oh right. Okay. No, I don't think I've seen that one. And then on, the, on my phone, and finally, and yeah, I had no access to. to uh, let me think about it. Um, no access to the internet, so I could not download anything. Mm. But there is a. A, uh, a gut hook. Yeah. You know, yeah. You probably use gut hook. Yeah. That, yeah. that is great. Yeah. So, and I think Harvey, Harvey was using gut hook too on the trail. Um, yeah. So a combination of um, a gut hooks and your Garmin GPS and, uh, and then instinct <laughs> as and, well. And, yeah. When you get up to in Maine, you definitely want to have their township maps. Yeah, um, maps. It, Maine is really—it's a whole different ball game. You're you're into a lot of logging roads that go through uh, 
private uh, woods, and it, it, it's doable. It just it, it it takes a little bit, you know, it takes more uh, figuring out. You did can, did did you see Harvey less, um, or did you see Newt less up in Maine? Like, because you were saying you were meeting, I think every six miles or so. Did that change the further yeah. north? No, Maine, you got? Maine, is, Maine has got some bigger distances. All right. Well, uh, you, hey, you have a great day, and thanks for coming on. And uh, I'll be in contact via email. I'll probably got a couple more questions for you. All right. Good. Okay. See, Bye. See, see you later, Junior. Bye bye. And there you have it. That's uh, my interview with Junior, an 80-year-old junior.